spirituality is truly the act of being able to live a life that you feel connected to. And so we oftentimes think, oh, I have to meditate or I have to do these like crazy rituals or routines. It's like crazy morning routine, get up at 5 a.m. And there, there's just all of these things I think online that have become like, let's say Instagram aesthetic. <laughs> and so, but the reality is, is like, can you drop into your body while you're doing your dishes? Can you get into a meditative state while you're doing something that maybe previously you became agitated in? Hello and welcome to the Your Best Selfie podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Ann. I'm a content marketer, creator, and coach with one goal, to help you tap into your inner wisdom so you can show up as your best self at home and online. On this podcast, we'll talk to awesome humans about how they have tapped into being their best selves, finding alignment with what we were truly put on this planet to do, and how social media makes a difference in our lives. I started this podcast because I hear from way too many friends and clients who know that they want more from their lives, yet they're terrified to take that first step. I hope this podcast will inspire you to help you break out of your comfort zone, to step into the life that you are truly meant to live. I hope that you'll leave each episode feeling inspired, uplifted, and ready to live your life as the best version of you every single day, while feeling brave enough to share that person with all of us online too. Now, whether you're listening in your car, while you're cleaning the house, or you're just kicking back playing with your phone, we'll always start out the same way. I invite you to stop what you're doing and take a deep breath with me. Make it the deepest one that you've taken all day. Awesome. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi friends, Carrie here. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Best Selfie podcast. I'm so excited for my guest today. Her name is Sarah Prophet, and she is a medium who helps people connect with the world beyond what we see, connecting them with their ancestors and guides in their spirit realm. She lives a slow life and uses plants as medicine, dances in the moon, and creates magic in the mundane. She lives in Florida with her daughter and her husband, and oh my gosh, Let me tell you about Sarah. (laughs) I feel like whenever I talk about our work together, I get emotional because the impact that she made for me was so big. So I lost my dad in November of last year of 2022, and I was in grief, of course, like I had just lost my father. And Sarah's work kind of came into my Instagram and instantly I just felt connected with her and decided to sign on to a three-month coaching container with her. At the time, she was offering, I call her my spiritual guide, but I'm not sure if she still is offering that. Um, I know that she's doing medium work now, so it's kind of the same thing, but it was more in a long container of three months. And when I filled out the intake form, in the intake form, I remember writing like, my dad just died, but I have support with my grief, so I'm good there because I didn't want to just have her as like my grief counselor. But let me tell you, working with her was so impactful for that time because it reconnected me to my spirituality. 
And it helped me to have trust in the universe and to know that my dad was still close to me, along with all of my ancestors. She helped me so much in my business, which is really kind of like the guys that I said I wanted help with. But it really helped just with my belief and my trust and my spiritual practices and making spirituality a part of my everyday life. So that's a big intro to just say that she is the bomb, and this episode is very woo-woo, which I know that a lot of you will appreciate. Uh, We talk a lot about connecting with your ancestors, tapping into the spirit of your business, like just there's so much good stuff, and I know you guys are going to love it, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining me for the Your Best Selfie podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. So the first question that I ask all of my guests is when do you feel most like your best self? I saw that you asked that question. And I, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, these are the habits that I'm doing. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Why would I say that? (laughs) But it is true because I feel like when we have these like habits that are aligned with the way that we feel our best selves, then everything else kind of comes into place. And so I want to be like, I feel my best self when I'm meditating. I'm out in the garden. I'm like outside. I'm in the ocean. Like those little things make me feel so good. Mm, I love that. And I feel like you totally show that online. And one of the reasons why I was drawn to you is because you make the habits and the spiritual habits, especially just feel like good to be a part of. So what tips do you have for listeners? Like if somebody wants to incorporate spirituality into their daily life, but maybe they don't feel like they have an hour to meditate or whatever people think of a spiritual life to be like, what are some simple things that people can include into their habits on a regular basis? So the first thing I want to say is spirituality is truly the act of being able to live a life that you feel connected to. And so we oftentimes think, oh, I have to meditate or I have to do these like crazy rituals or routines. It's like crazy morning routine, get up at 5 a.m. And there, there's just all of these things I think online that have become like, let's say Instagram aesthetic. And so... But the reality is, is like, can you drop into your body while you're doing your dishes? Can you get into a meditative state while you're doing something that maybe previously you became agitated in? And so that's how I always say, like, when I'm working with people is like, let's not like try to plug and play these like random spiritual things, but what are you already doing in your life? And how can we make that more enjoyable and connected to a greater purpose or the universe or God, whatever it is that you believe in and not try to take you out of your life. Cause that's, I think what a lot of people do. And then I don't know if you've seen it, but I see it often as they get lost in this spiritual path because they're trying to do things that they have never done before. Instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, okay, how can I meditate while I'm washing my dishes or folding my laundry? (laughs) Like, That is the true act of being spiritual. And if we look back at so many, you know, different religions and um, spiritual practices, it's really about meditating or living a life, being spiritually connected, actually living your life. Yeah. And I think like the church and specifically like 
when you go to church as your kid and everything, you really see that as spirituality. I know like for me mm-hmm. growing up, I didn't even go to church, but I didn't even see like the rituals and things that I wanted to do that I was naturally drawn to as spirituality, because I just thought, oh, like church equals spirituality. And I have mm-hmm. to go on Sunday if I want to live a spiritual life. But you're saying that's like not the case. And it's like incorporated into your whole life. Yeah. And I think most religions, that's what they say, but we've like pick like kind of like nitpicked or chosen things that we want, like go to church every Sunday, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but prayer happens, not just at church, right? Like, or wherever it is, prayer happens all the time and your connection to spirit or God happens all of the time. And when we I have, I also have this other thing is that when people practice meditating, I'm like, go practice in a loud and busy setting because the point isn't to just be able to meditate in quiet. That's really easy. That's super easy to quiet your mind when nobody is awake, everybody's sleeping. That's super easy, but go in the middle of the inner city, like where there's just, you know, car horns and ambulances and, and meditate there. That's how you're going to be able to see if you're a master, not being by yourself (laughs) like in the dark, like that's easy. That's the easy part. Can you take that experience and translate it into your life? Mm, Yeah. I have this quote that I love, uh, that says peace. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no struggle or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Oh, I I feel like that. that is totally aligned with that. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So I want to reverse a little bit and I would love to hear, I don't think that I know this either. How did you get into this line of work? Like when did you start feeling like you had spiritual gifts and how did you really cultivate those? So I've known that I've had these gifts since I was a kid. Um, I would be able to just like pinpoint people like right off the bat of like what it is that their intention was prior to them even saying anything I could see spirits, all of those things happened as a kid. And then as I got older, I wanted to quiet that down because it felt really overwhelming. We don't, in this particular society, like I'm in America, there's no elders that are teaching you how to really hone those gifts and use those gifts. And so I, you know, kind of took a path of like drinking and getting into like, you know, drugs and addiction because that obviously numbs you (laughs) from all of the things. And um, it was about 21 and had a boyfriend at the time who introduced me to, um, or reintroduced, I'd say, to like understanding food and where food comes from and kind of food as medicine and understanding, you know, what goes into how you prepare your food, how you make your food. And so it became a spiritual practice of like getting in the kitchen and cooking and doing all of that. And from there, I was led down a lot of different paths. And one of the main paths was going to Nicaragua at 24, gave everything away, gave everything up. Everybody thought I was crazy. And um, I went and kind of lived off the land. And it was this crazy experience that I, I went into a new culture, new language, everything was just new. And so I was relying on one intuition and relying on the unseen, which is scary as always to rely on the unseen and to rely on just faith. And that reignited my gifts. It had me realizing like, okay, I have this like special thing that I can do that I can, I'm really intuitive. And so 
all of that just started to evolve. And then I know, I'm sure you have experienced that when you become a mom, it's like everything just explodes. So whether that's a good or bad thing. Right. And so my gifts just started exploding after I had my daughter and that now I just kind of follow that path and I just keep going. And that's kind of how, you know, I am where I am now, I guess. That's so cool. And then how did you turn that into a business? Like, were you nervous to start giving readings or start doing energy work? Like, how did that start for you? Yeah, I was so nervous to do that. Um, I was in Nicaragua at the time and I I actually had a friend. She was one of the first people I did up in-person energy healing on. Um, and I was walking to, she owned a business. She's a fashion designer. She's incredible. And I was walking to her business. And I said, if this is the path I'm supposed to be on, can you just send me a sign? And I asked for a mermaid, which is like really specific. And I walk in and I'm like, you know, I want to, um, I was about to walk into it, but there was a farmer's market that had was happening like right before I was going into her, her shop. And I walk into the farmer's market and a, someone who's never there, right? Like, of course, that's the story. They're never there at this market. They were selling um, tarot cards and there was a tarot deck that had mermaids on it. It was just a mermaid tarot deck. And so I bought it and I walked into her shop. And then as I'm like, you know, oh my God, I have this mermaid sign and here's the sign. She, um, she's like, she's like, oh, that's so weird. Someone just gave me this like mermaid painting. So uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. And I did her, um, I did a healing on her. And during the healing, we thought there was an earthquake because the whole house shook with like energy. We both felt it. We saw it. It was the, and I was like, oh my God, was there an earthquake? Like we both as like, after the healing was over, like, oh my gosh, was there an earthquake or something? We went downstairs. We asked everybody, did you feel the earthquake? They're like, what are you talking about? And it was just the energy that we felt. And still to this day, like, I will never forget it. I don't think she will. Like it was my first. And I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm meant to do this. That's awesome. And so then how did you start getting clients to pay you from that? I mean, how was it like showing up on social media and like connecting with new people that didn't necessarily know you personally? I hired a mentor, um, a spiritual mentor right away. Like Mm -hmm. as soon as my gift started opening up, I hired a mentor and she had already been doing it for a really long time. Obviously like that's, you know, mentor. And, um, she was like, just get on Facebook live and just read, just do energy readings. Like just do energy readings. Just, and she was like, you just have to do it over and over and over and over and over again. She was like, do it for free, do it for donation. Like just do it, just practice. And so I did, and I would just hop on a Facebook live and I would just read people's energy. And I would probably go on like three, four Facebook lives a week, you know, like when you're first starting and just like getting your, like all of the, you know, all your, um, all your hours under your belt, right? Like becoming an expert in your field. And I would have people donation. I think, I think my first clients were like $20 an hour, maybe. Yeah. But that's awesome. That's great advice for anybody that wants to start a business and it's practice, like talking online and in your craft, making yourself a little bit more comfortable with the work that you're doing. 
Yeah. I think people forget that you just need to put in the hours. Like you just have to put in the hours. We want it to happen so quick. And like I, we hear a lot in the business world, quantum leaping and all, but you're not going to quantum leap if you don't put in the hours. Like you have to become an expert. And once you become an expert, people trust you because you've have the 10,000 hours underneath your belt. Like you just have to keep going. And another thing, I had another mentor that I hired around the same time. And she said, you can never outgive the universe. So just keep giving. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's awesome. So that kind of ties in with what I want to talk about with this idea of the spirit of your business. Mm. Um, I feel like the spirit of your business is really giving. Um, <laughs> but what? how can somebody really tap into that? Like, what does the spirit of a business look like? Yeah, I think the first thing is to know that your business does have a spirit. Mm. <laughs> that your business does have a soul. And that soul will guide you in all sorts of pathways and all and it will guide you to the things that need to be done in your business, the the doorways that will open for you, and you have to make a home for it. And so you have to invite that spirit into the business. And I think that's the biggest thing is that there's no invitation for it. We just kind of grind and go and we just put our heads down and we never ask the business what it wants. We never have a conversation with the business. And it's it is a, it's a living thing, right? Like it's a separate entity usually, right? You have like a, an S corp or LLC or whatever it is, right? It's a separate entity from you as a person. And so we have a business plan. Most people do. Right. And so there it's a, it's a whole separate thing, but we treat it as if it's just this like passive nothing almost. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people like, create an altar for your business, create a space to allow the spirit to come in. You can meditate with it, right? Like have things set aside, have time set aside that isn't like doing task, right? But that's inviting the space. And I like, I'm such a strong advocate for going outside, (laughs) like get outside, go take a walk with your business, with the spirit of your business ask it questions, not how can I make more money that your business want to hear that. Right. But it wants to hear like, how can I open up more space for opportunity and possibility? How can we create more visibility and have more people see us and talk to it as if it were another person working with you. And I think that will help so much in being able to oversee and have a bird's eye view of your business because we can get so narrowed into the small, tiny aspects that aren't working. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear that like in a relationship. Like I don't want to hear about all the things that aren't working. Tell me like about your vision. Talk about the vision with your business and you can feel it in the body. And that's the biggest thing. Like I know we talk about a lot. It's like, how does your body feel about it? How does the body feel about the connection to your business? And sometimes we feel super disconnected. And so we probably just need to have a better relationship. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love this idea of the spirit of your business too, because I feel like, especially as solopreneurs, we identify so closely with the work that we're doing. And this allows you to kind of separate from that and know that it's like, you are not 
all your work and it's a separate entity and like a piece outside of you that you're helping to bring into the world, but it's not so much pressure on you having all the answers. Yeah, that's huge. And that is, that is so true is that we became so like self-absorbed almost in the business and then everything's our fault. Like it's just, and I think we put a lot of Mm self-worth into how the business is doing. And that's just, it doesn't correlate. Like if there's no correlation in, in your worth as a person and human being and how your business is doing. And I think that's one of the biggest thing I think, especially with women that we like over identify with how the business is doing. And when it's doing really well, we're doing really well, our worth is really high. And if there's a dip that happens, it's like, we are nothing now. And that's just, you know, what about your kids or your partner or your friends or your family? Like they don't care how your business is doing. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And so if somebody has never connected with like a spirit of their business, but I feel like this will also connect to like mediumship spirit of your ancestors and your guides, your angels, how can somebody connect to that? Like, are they listening for words to be said to them? Are they waiting for feelings? Like how would a newbie kind of tap into that connection? So I would first start to work on your connection to your body. Can you feel when you're starting to get thirsty, when you're starting to get hungry? Like, I know that's very, that seems strange that we're talking about that in the connection to your business. But if you are ignoring all your hunger cues, like if you're ignoring the actual bare minimum of what you need to live, then it's going to be really hard to connect to anything. So let's make sure that you're first connecting to your body at the minimum, like at the bare minimum. Once you're there, then you can start to ask yourself some questions and ask the business questions. And I think a lot of us like want to listen for answers, but that's really difficult. What the bigger thing that's going to happen is like, you're going to feel it in the body. And I always like to say that our body is a pendulum. So if we know what a pendulum is, it's the, it's something on a string. So you can buy a crystal, you can hang a paperclip on a string and it can be a pendulum. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's no fancy tricks, but your body can be a pendulum. And so you can ask yourself at first, yes or no questions. If you're leaning in as you're asking a question, it's probably a yes. If you start to lean back, that means it's a no. And so in that way, asking simple yes or no questions to your business, using your body as the pendulum, I think is going to be the easiest way to start. And then again, having an altar for your business. Do you have a space other than your desk? I would say like a small space that's open for your business. And I talk a lot about, especially with people working online, do you have like opening tasks? Do you have closing tasks? Like those are so important when you're going into your business because otherwise you're working 24 seven and no spirit <laughs> any of your business wants to be on 24 seven. And so it's important that you're like opening and closing down that energy and it'll allow you to kind of have more energy when you do open again. 
Yeah. That's one of my favorite things that you've taught me is to have these opening business tasks because I was just going back and forth between like home life, work life, home life, work life. And even just the simple action of having, uh, I have like a little altar that I light a candle on when it's time for me to work. And then it just triggers my mind, my body, my soul, like all of it to say, okay, you're in work mode and really the spirit of your business can come through now. So yeah. I love that. I think that was so powerful in our work together. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is powerful because you don't also want to be getting inspiration. I know a lot of people like I get inspired all the time, but like, do you want to be, do you want to be inspired when you're spending time with your kids or when you're spending time with your you know partner? Do you want to always be like on your phone or taking notes? Like, or do you want to actually live your life? And then when the business is open, that's when the inspiration comes through. We can guide our business to when we want to work with it. And I think that's so important for us to remember that we don't have to be on 24-7. We're not going to miss an idea. We can invite it to come back when it's open. And when you have that relationship with the spirit of your business, it can really help and guide you. And so that you're not on 24-7. That's something I really want people to understand is that it's not about being connected 24 seven all the time, every week, every month, but it's about having those hours where you can just like really hone in zone in. And it's similar to having a spiritual practice, right? Like you're not going to be doing spiritual things, quote unquote, all the time, but you can invite them in when you want to hold the space for that. Mm, Yeah. And that just feels so good. Hey friends, Carrie here, popping in really quick to ask how often you journal. Journaling has been a really great practice for me to get my feelings out on paper and to connect with my best self every day. If you are new to journaling or you have maybe gone stale with it, I want to recommend the Daily Prompt email series, which is a 14-day email series that I've created that will send journal prompts directly to your inbox for 14 days. When you register, you'll get your first email right away, and then you'll get 13 emails for the following days that have questions like, what do you miss about your high school self? Where in life do you need the most support? What do you want to manifest in the next year? And so many more. It's a really great way to kick off your journaling practice, to get those daily emails with the prompt and a little bit of motivation, and I would love it if you would join me. If you're interested, it's only $7. You can go to carryandcom slash journal. Again, that's $7 for 14 days of email prompts, and the website to go to is carryandcom slash journal. You can also find it in this episode's show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Another thing that I got from you that I super love, and this is along the lines of connecting with your business or ancestors, is like making them a cup of tea or setting the space for them to come through and talk with you. So can you share a little bit about that practice? Yeah. So my favorite practice to tell people when they're connecting to their ancestors, their guides, you could do it with your business is to sit down and have a cup of tea or a coffee or a drink, right? Like I always tell people my grandpa loved Budweiser. So that's the one thing if I want to connect with him, I'll buy a Budweiser. I don't drink, but he did. And when I was like a little girl, he'd always ask me like, do you want a beer? And it was just like this running joke that we had in the family. Like it was, and I'm like, you know, it was just like a silly thing. And I'd be like, no. 
But now it's like, do you want a beer? Like, and so like I'll buy a Budweiser and sit with him and have a conversation with him. And some people feel a little bit weird talking out loud to nothing. So you can always write a question down in your journal and then kind of sit in that space, have a cup of tea, talk out loud. And then you can even write the response in that journal again, as if you were that person or allowing that person to be channeled through you. Um, or your guide or your business, whatever it is. And it's just such a nice way to take a moment and to connect and to feel as though like, yes, there are things on the other side, or there is an energy that we don't see. And I even like to, like, if I make myself a cup of tea, I just make another cup of hot water, use the same tea bag and then set the tea nearby. I like to do it just even when I'm working, just feeling that they're close and that I've really mm-hmm. made that space and um, honored them in a way. So I think that's so fascinating and a really cool way to connect that I haven't heard from anybody else before. Yeah. And I love that you say honor because it is, I think, I don't, I don't, it's not all cultures, right? But I do like in America and like a lot of Western kind of worlds, we've lost this connection to our elders and to our ancestors. And for good reason, you know, some of them weren't that great. So like, I get it. Um, And, but that doesn't mean that they don't have wisdom, or that they don't have knowledge that they want to pass down. And it's important that we are connecting to them, and we're connecting to their practices and to their um, rituals that they did, because they it did hold power. And we can really honor that connection And in that connection, we can find probably a lot of answers that we've been searching for. Yeah, I think they have so many answers to share. Um, And I love how you're doing a lot of work now around spiritual apothecaries. And Mm -hmm. I love how you've been sharing that this is something that's been passed down, even if you didn't necessarily realize it at the time. So how can you connect with your ancestors in that way, like in a more modern day situations, but with like ancient, for lack of a better term, like things that go back way further um, than we can even think of? How can you connect those old practices with today's world? I think the first thing is you have to be willing because you're going to, it's going to be a lot slower. (laughs) Mm. Right. So what I'd like to do is I like to make herbal medicines, but they take a long time. They take a long time to work and they take a long time to make. So if I'm making a tincture, we're looking at six to eight weeks sometimes, maybe even longer to make that medicine. And then usually for an herbal medicine to work, we're looking at three months sometimes of taking it day in and day out and order it to work. And I can probably say that's a lot of medicine, right? Not just oral medicine, but our spiritual medicine, the medicine of lessons, right? They take a long time to integrate, even though we don't want to believe it. And so when we connect to those ancestral practices, that can that can just guide us in a way that we haven't been guided before. And so how you can do that is first is you got to create a connection. You have to create a connection. And sometimes we have to like cut off toxic parents and or grandparents. And so that can be harder to create those connections, but we have the internet now. And so we don't even necessarily need them. We can go and research. Like I have found so much research on my family by going on the internet. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. <laughs> going on ancestry.com. Where did they come from? I like for me, I, my whole life, I was told I was Italian. We were Italian. We came from Italy. I found the records of us coming from Italy, like into Ellis Island. And then as I'm doing research and taking, you know, DNA tests or whatever, realizing we are Irish. Hmm. And my grandma's like, no, it's not true. They like everybody spoke Italian. We spoke Italian. We're not Irish. And I was like, grandma, we're Irish. Like, I think that they lied and they just went into Italy and like just became Italian citizens for whatever reason. And so telling my grandma that, like telling my grandma, who's like, I'm Italian. Like I came from Italy. I'm like, I don't think so. I think if we look back a little bit further, we didn't. And so as, so why I'm saying this is because now I'm teaching my grandma, Mm. like, Hey, I think we might be Irish. (laughs) And then knowing that now I get to look back and I start seeing names that are clearly Irish names in our ancestry and in our family tree. And so that allows me to then go practices. Okay. What are the Celtic practices then? And then as I'm doing that, oh, this is opening up so many things that I didn't even know existed. And so I would say like, you have the internet, go research where your family came from, like go research where, you know, ask if you have elders here on the physical plane, ask them questions. I don't think we're asking our elders questions about where our family came from and what rituals they did or what, um, you know, things that they did for the family. And, you know, I asked my grandma, she's like, oh, we lived off the land. Like we grew our own food. We made our own medicine. And I'm like, what? I had no idea until I started asking her. That's so cool. Yeah. My, it makes me think like my great grandma lived on a farm and had six kids and they like just all worked on the farm. So it does make me feel like when I'm trying to connect with her, that there's this little bit of a disconnect because it's like, how can she help me in my online marketing business when she didn't know what the internet was. So what would you like, how does it all relate? Like, does she still have advice to give me for my online marketing business or is it more just, um, more internal guidance? Well, I think like if someone's, you know, raising six children on a farm, right. They're going to have a lot of wisdom of how to manage a lot of things. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been on a farm, but there's a lot of things going on. 24 seven, it like Mm -hmm. never turns off. Right. And so how do you, how are you managing everything? Right. Like what are those skill sets that she probably had to manage six children and a working farm, you know, a family gatherings, all of those things winter. Right. And I think that is like where, you know, we always have a winter in business. We always have downtime in business or a time when, you know, maybe clients aren't coming in as frequently, or maybe we've done that on purpose, right? To take a break. And so we have seasons in our business. And I think we don't often talk about that. And we want to talk about like, you know, it's always summer, right? Or it's always spring. Everything's always blooming, but that's just not true. We know that in business, like there's always ups and downs and sometimes it's planned downtime. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of advice would she have for you then? What do you do in the downtime? How are you preparing, you know, in your business when that, you know, when the harvest is about to come, she's going to have things to say, but if you translate it into your business, right. Into your marketing business, how do you plan for downtimes? Are you planning for downtimes? 
And, or are you having planned downtime, which you should be, you shouldn't be on all the time, right? How are you managing that? And then when the spring comes, when everything is blooming and you need to like go out there and harvest all your crops and, you know, we translate that to like making sure all your tasks are done for all the clients that you're getting and all of the influx of things and new marketing techniques and all of those things, right? How are you, how can you take her wisdom? And so we have to be able to translate that like ancestral wisdom, ancestral knowledge of being able to manage all those things. She's going to have a lot to say about that. Yeah, that's so cool because I think that it really helps you to make that connection because it seems like our lives are so different, but in reality, there's still so much that was the same. And if we can really tap into our ancestors for modern day problems, that opens up so many doors for us. Absolutely. And they have a lot of wisdom. And if you're connecting with your ancestors, like it's not that they're living in that time now, they know they have a bird's eye view of what's happening in your life. And so the wisdom that they have is going to be able to help you now. Like they have knowledge of the internet, right? That may not come through if you're doing a reading or you're talking to them, but they're not unaware of those things. Yeah, that's fascinating. Hi, friends. Carrie here, popping in really quick to ask you a question. Do you feel like you have so much that you want to share, but when it comes time to post, you don't even know what to post about? Well, you are in luck because I have created a PDF guide that's called Show Your Selfie, and it includes 52 content prompts to show up as your best self online. And the best part is it's totally free. If you're interested in getting this PDF guide, you can go to carrieand.com selfie. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-A-N-D dot com slash S-E-L-E. F-I-E, com slash selfie, and download the free guide. And then also as a bonus, when you're there and you sign up to get the free guide, you're also going to get a free bonus video on how to go live on Instagram, which has been one of my most popular videos where I talk about the before, during, and after of going live on Instagram. So head to the site right now. I'll also link it in the show notes and get your guide. And if you're wanting a little bit more support, I also offer private business coaching. So if you're interested in that, DM me on Instagram at Ann, and I would love to tell you more about that as well. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, <laughs> here we go with the rapid fire questions. What app do you use the most on your phone? I would say like, I would, honestly, I'd probably say TikTok. Oh, okay, cool. I just found out that you have a TikTok. I have to go follow you there. I use it more. as a search engine. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it has anything, information for everything. <laughs> I have information for everything in their 60 second videos. So I would say TikTok or YouTube. Cool. Like, yeah. What is your go-to Starbucks order? I, I don't like Starbucks at all. Okay. Do you have like <laughs> a favorite coffee shop or yes. movie shop? So, like what's your drink? So my drink is I like a drip coffee with half and half. Okay. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Um, it's from a book and I have it written on my side um, as a tattoo is peace is every step. What is the best concert you've ever been to? Um, the first thing that came to mind was Modest Yahoo. Nice. What is your favorite number? Seven. What is your Zodiac sign? 
I'm an Aquarius. And what are your moon and rising signs? Um, the Aries and Sagittarius. Oh, cool. Okay. Who was your first celebrity crush? Um, what was his name? So this is going to really show, um, my age. I'm 35. Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, JTT. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's your favorite city besides the one you live in? Um, probably where I moved in Nicaragua, which was San Juan del Sur. It was a, it's a town, a very small town, but yes. And the last one is a little bit of a bigger one, but what do you want your legacy to be? Mm, I want to leave the legacy of being able to have create communities and connections within community. Um, I have something that I'm working on right now, which is getting um, community fridges in food deserts. So places where they don't have fresh food. Um, I want to be able to put community fridges so that people who need fresh food and fresh fruit, vegetables, that type of stuff can go to the community fridge and being able to get food from there. So that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) We hardly, we didn't even hardly talk about food. We could probably have a whole other episode on that. (laughs) Cool. Well, how can people connect with you if they want to work with you? Um, You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Sarah Prophet. Um, That's where I hang out mostly on those two places. And then of course you can email me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Sarah. It was so fun having you on and I am looking forward to connecting with you again soon. Yay. Thank you. Ah, okay. How cool is she? Like just the three months that we worked together were just so transformational and I'm super excited to have some of the work we did together archived on this podcast as well. So this is the part of the episode where I come back on and I give you some takeaways or some thoughts that you can carry with you throughout your day and make this episode really practical for you. The first is I love how she talked about using Facebook Live for practicing and putting in the hours. And I think this is such a good reminder, whether you want to own a business or there's just some dream or desire that you have in your life, that so much of it is just continuing to show up and put in the time. So if you are a business owner or you want to be a business owner or you want to be a medium or some sort of spiritual guide, I encourage you to go live on Facebook today, go live on Instagram. I know it might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that is how you practice and that's how you get good at it. I am taking a drawing class right now and I feel like such a beginner and it was so scary to get started. And the only way to begin is just to begin. So what have you been considering, thinking about that you can begin and start today in order to practice and get better at it? My next takeaway, I love the idea of a spirit of your business and taking a walk and talking to it as if it was another person that was working with you, creating an altar. These things have helped me so much in my work. Um, I was feeling just like always on all the time. And through Sarah's help, she really encouraged me to create some opening and closing tasks. So this is how it looks for me, uh, but do whatever works for you. For my opening tasks, I do have an altar that is business, money, personal related. It's just kind of an ancestral stuff. Like it's just cool stuff on the altar. But part of it, I have a candle. So at the beginning of my day, whenever I come in and it's time to work, that's the key point. Like sometimes I come in just to use my computer to like 
look up directions or something. But if I am coming into work, I will light my candle. I plug in this salt lamp that I have. I sit down at my desk and I take three deep breaths. And then I pull a tarot card. So whatever the opening tasks for your business are, one the way that she described this to me when we were working together was like if you worked in a restaurant, there are opening tasks like cut lemons, roll silverware, like these things that you might do if somebody was actually coming into your place of business. It's important to the spirit of your business to have several like just spiritual or connecting tasks that really show, okay, I'm open to work. I'm open for information to flow through me and to show up for your business in that way. And then closing tasks, like I kind of do the opposite. I unplug my salt lamp, I blow out my candle, and then I take a deep breath. Um, but it's easier to do the closing tasks than it is to do the opening tasks. And not like they're not like any of them are hard, but it's just um, an important part of my day. So what does that look like for you, especially if you work from home? But even if you work in an office, what are the opening and closing tasks and how can you connect to the spirit of your business today? And my final takeaway, ask for a sign. I love Sarah's story about how she asked for a mermaid and it was shown to her. I love to ask for signs too. And not even so much of like, you know, should I do this thing? If it's a yes, show me this. If it's a no, show me that. Which if that's what you're looking for, then that's awesome. But I like to just know that I'm connected. And I think it's so important to remember that and set up little guides as a way for your angels, your ancestors to show up through you. So how can you ask for a sign today? What would you ask to be shown? And then don't be so tied to how that is going to show up for you. It might not show up like on your walk. If you say, show me this on my walk, but it might show up for you later. So be open to that. Trust that you are being guided and trust that your angels and your ancestors are all around you. So I hope you enjoyed this beautiful conversation today, that it inspired you to be more trusting and to know that your ancestors are still with you. Now go have a cup of tea or maybe a beer with them right now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you heard something that will inspire you to be your best selfie. If you liked what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your socials or review it through Apple Podcasts. This podcast is still really new, so sharing and reviewing will help spread the word to the people who need to hear it. And I would love to connect with you. Reach out on Instagram at and and let me know your takeaways from this episode. I'll be back next week with another new episode. And until then, don't ever let your mind stop you from having a good time. Thanks for listening to the Selfie Podcast.